Welcome to Audio Drama Showcase, part of the StoryForge Network. I'm Scooter Mann, and with me are Maggie Allen. Hello. Matt Olaf Hinton. Arr, I be here. And Max the Snacks Baskin. <laughs> don't forget to check us out over at Patreon under Legend Smith Productions. This show is brought to you thanks to the support of our wonderful patrons. Today, we'll be listening to Magus Elgar, which premiered in 2018 and was created by Kennedy Phillips. He first dug into the world of directing in college and ran into difficulties really making the ideas come to life. Then he realized his childhood love of audio drama was a means of getting back into directing again. Over time, he overcame his self-doubt to make this production a reality. In this, the world of Hearth, magic is performed by insulting the very laws of nature. During their previous adventures, Magus Elgar and his apprentice, Udo Malachi, met and accidentally destroyed the home of Dr. Horatio. Now they are on the hunt for the scientific tools augmented with magical power, or stamps, before they fall into the wrong hands. This is episode eight, Ether, I Hardly Knew Her, which was originally published in 2018. And now, a word from our sponsor. We've been to the moon. It's haunted. Donate today so we can go back and punch some ghosts in the face. We're going to bust them up. Give to the spectral astronauts today. We're not afraid of no lunar spectral anomalies. Okay, let's get started. Within the multiverse sits a fantastic magical realm. A place we call Hearth. This is the world of Megas Elgar, seeking to prevent disaster. He and his colleagues hunt for stamps, scientific tools augmented with magical power. Their tale continues here, episode eight. Ether, I hardly knew her. The capital Vitrolo holds the two great authorities of Hearth, the Ministry of Magi and the Council of Nine. As a tentative alliance between magic and bureaucracy, the Ministry and Council hold the annual Sazastrum Tournament. Here, magi from all over Hearth are judged through duels, showcasing their prowess and expertise, all for entertainment. Sadly, when it comes to contests of will and spirit... Not everyone plays fair. Keep moving, keep moving! Are you sure? The radio thing still gives me a headache. Please. It's not a claw your eyes out kind of headache anymore. Quickly! It sounded like it came from this corridor! Oh. Good lord! We're too late! Cardio! Always with a stupid cardio. Let me catch my breath. Oh god! What happened to him? Oh, elements. Oh, I think I'm gonna be sick. Oh. 
Oh, oh Kakei, you better have said that out of disgust. Elements! This is the fourth duelist he's attacked! The Ministry is not going to be pleased with this. I think we might need to consider making this warning public. I think that's the wise thing to do, Magus. The last thing we need is to give the Council of Nine a reason to pass magical restrictions. The Ministry and Council are already strained. If this gets out, it'll be the Abracadabra Trials all over again. Yet the Raidiyo led us right here. Udo, Kelly, investigate the area. See if there's any evidence of stampy shenaniganery. Right. right. Poor man. After the jewel, he was too tired to put up a proper defense. Well, well, well wasn't he the rock-throwing Megas? I was watching the duel earlier. Quite the powerhouse. It's really hard to believe he was overwhelmed so easily. I mean, poof. Oh, yes. Magish Einard, a practitioner of geomancy. He once created an entire island to garner tourism for his hometown. Pity it took him a few ruptured volcanoes to get it down pat. Now he lays here withered like a piece of jerky. An utter tragedy. Oh my, my. He looks emaciated. What horrible magic caused this? I'm afraid it's far worse than being bludgeoned by maces, Doctor. This man has had the ether sucked right out of him! Oh. I thought you said that ether's all around us, like... like radiation. Ether is sort of like magical energy. Everyone and everything is a vessel for it in some way. The ether in the air is loose and directionless. But this? Well, this is basically concentrated life force. If his ether's been sucked dry, then he won't be able to do much. Magic? Walking? Even breathing? No sign of the stamp. Doctor, anything on the radio? Please don't check the radio. <clears throat> Nothing. It's inactive again. The signal's too faint to track. That proves it. Whoever is draining ether from Magi is using the stamp to assist somehow. Couldn't the stamp be alive, like the goo or the ferrofluid? The Ministry has an actual suspect this time around. We're looking for a guy in a mouthless mask. Oh, well, that narrows it down. Yeah, it's a shame masks are in this year. Ah, that reminds me. Udo, I've been concocting a plan that I wish to hatch. And you are my boiled egg. Don't you peel those. When we arrived, the radio mentioned the jeweling of fates. Obviously a reference to the tournament. We needed some way to investigate if one of the duelists might be responsible. So, I took the liberty of entering you ahead of time. I'd question Magus Aynard, but considering he's, uh, indisposed... Dead. Dead-ish! You will draw the culprit into a trap with your very own Sazastrum duel! My, my what? The arrangements have already been made. This is a perfect opportunity to show what you've learned. <laughs> I can't wait to see what you can do. Oh, no, no. Magus, Magus, please. Why do you think we came here in the first place? Entertainment? Stamps? Oh, absorbing hard culture. Waiting for the tower repairs to finish again? Also those, yes. But also to prove to the Ministry you're ready for your proper title, Udo. Like, wait for it. My guess, Udo! 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 Ud
old junior Maggie Sudo rolls off the tongue. Uh, uh, I'm not I'm not cut out for dueling, Magus. Oh, he's got a point. Look at his arms. They're like wet noodles. Right? Noodles. No, 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 noodles can't duel, Magus. Oh, preposterous. You said you couldn't handle a dragon either. And look how that turned out. I nearly died. This is non-lethal practice in the magical arts. The arena's defensive wards prevent any deadly blows. It won't kill you, just hurt. A lot. If you do well enough, you might even earn yourself a ministry rank. We could always do with a fancy tower renovation. Eh? Eh? You really could. Why not have Kaylee sign up? She's been getting better with her practice. It's true. Check this out. I just learned how to conjure up a swirling ball of lava. Conflatelem Petra! Lava! Cool! <laughs> See, Magus? She's got this! <laughs> Another one? <sighs> Good thing I packed 50. And that is why I didn't enter Kaylee. They only let you carry one totem into Zastrum duels. We're not having another Tortimer the Totemer, because that was totally cheating. Also, Kaylee's not exactly the mistress of restraint. <laughs> but, but you could... Me? Udo, would you rather pursue our culprit while protecting me in a weakened state, or to have our culprit pursue you while protected by your fully charged mentor? I'm thinking. You'll be fine, Udo. All you have to do is rough up a fellow Magus, and we'll ambush the hunter. You have the easy job. Yeah, I'm the bait. The bait and the battler. Uh, a baitler. Oh, I like it. I'm already regretting this. Oh, that's you, Udo. Quickly now. No time to waste. Onwards and outwards into the field Wait, of combat! Ma Magus! <laughs> Excuse me! And, uh, and they left the body. How charming. Let's take him to the Ministry security post. I'm on a first name basis with the security guard there. Really? Oh yeah, once I mentioned the investigation he was totally on board. I thought we were keeping it quiet. We are. He kept it tight-lipped, except for, you know, him humming his own mystery theme. Come on. The Ministry should know if they can perform an ether transfusion. Is ether a liquid? Some tangible thing? I never bothered to ask. It's probably one of those nebulous concepts. Do you think you'll be all right? I, I hate to think of how much harm our tools have caused. I've always felt like science is a very neutral thing. It depends on who wields it. In your case, you use science to discover the secrets of the universe. In my case, I plead the fifth. Just gonna turn it. Okay, alright. Uh, orc. Oh, well, here we go! Ladies and gentlemen, the Council of Nine and the Ministry of Magi proudly presents the Sazastrum Duels! I'm your announcer today, Henry Hopticord, and I am accompanied here by a. I am so sorry I didn't get your name. Uh, that's fine, I get that a lot. Sorry, mother. That's not my name. And what a beautiful day it is for dueling, Craig. You're doing this on purpose. Behold, the Sazastrum duels are an ancient rite of passage that divide the warriors from the cowards. A testament to the alliance between the Ministry of Magi and the Council of Nine. Couldn't have said it better myself, Jim. 
The rules are simple, folks. Both Magi cast offensive spells in the hopes of knocking the opponent clear off their feet. Three solid hits, and you are out of there. Why are you drawing that word out? Ah, let's have a look at the upcoming duelists. People. So many people screaming at me. They're not screaming at you. Your opponent's a real go-getter. Somehow that's worse. I, I don't think I'm ready for something like this. Relax. Just remember the basics and you'll be fine. It's not too late to call it off. Maybe next year when I'm back... Udo, you've been my student for the last five years. You and I have shared the most incredible of experiences. Things Magi have never been able to do before. Why, in just the last few weeks, you've learned more about magic than some would in a lifetime. Which I barely use because either you or Kaylee take care of things. Kate, stop rubbing my shoulders. You're stressing me out. It's time to graduate to fighting your own, Dragon Zudo. I can't be around to boil you out of every pot. Uh... I'll, I'll take the compliment? Are, are you sure about this? You'll do fine. Just remember, there's no pressure. If you win, all part of the plan to prove yourself. If you lose, you'll be painfully incapacitated, which is part of the other plan. Either way, it's foolproof. <sighs> no pressure. And now, for all you dueling enthusiasts, it's time to... Perform some magic. I'm sorry, Kike. The rules say no familiars. Besides, I need you to help Magus cheer me on. I'll be back in one piece. Hopefully. Udo, it's time. Can it not be? He's a newcomer to the Sesostrum grounds, but he represents the greatest of the fabled and feared Malaki bloodline. The Ministry submits Acolyte Udo Malaki. Just look at that unwavering confidence. He's just trembling with anticipation. I want to go home. And his opponent, the cruncher of numbers, the mistress of multiplication, the divisive destructor. She'll add to her record by subtract. Who wrote this? That's my job, Bob. Of course. The council submits the mathematician, Acolyte Pythagatha. Acolyte Pythagatha's got some curve on her angles, if you know what I mean. And there is her famed death glare pointed right at me. I am not walking away from that one. So, this is the infamous Udo Malaki, masquerading as a magus instead of the sorcerer you were meant to be. <laughs> oh, this will be easy. It's hard to consider you as a real magus. Hey, come on, Pythagatha. Why not talk it out instead? At least I'm rational. A scathing quip from the newcomer using her own field of study! And by the look on Udo's face, it was entirely impromptu. Wait, what? What did I say? Petulance! I'll enjoy making you suffer! And I regret everything about this already. Help! Help! You can do it, Udo! Remember, Nathamancy is the most grounded of the Magus schools. Pythagatha is all number theory. Just remember the counters for Diophantine approximation and you'll be peaches and gravy! <laughs> yep. He's doomed 
of his peaches and gravy. Biden, Satan! The Fagata opens with her offensive spell. Uh, uh, analytic numbers. C counter. What would counter? What would counter? Oh, looks like rainbows. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness, yes! And with a triple back, Udo was slammed into one of the boundary pillars. Point to Pythagatha. Udo was really gonna feel that in the morning, isn't he, John? Uh, all right. Udo's conjuring mathematical glyphs. It appears he's going to fight fire with fire. All right, let's see how you like some of, uh, this. Dear Kim! Acolyte Udo fires off a vector. A generalization. How obtuse. Sigma Bernoulli. She countered me? Oh my goodness! And the vector is distributed harmlessly by Pythagatha! Somebody wasn't ready for the pop quiz! Don't count him out just yet, Henry. Udo is methodical. He's appraising her capabilities. It's not gonna be enough to bring his A-game, because this is a numbers game! Let's try something a little simpler. Cosinus adjacentus! Trigonometric projectiles! Check that vintage, it's a oh. good year! Oh, I know this one. I know this one. Uh, sign a partner. A quick and masterful cancellation. Well done. But didn't you forget something? Forget something? Oh, crumbs, the tangent! Oh, there's the tangent! Oh. And what a tangent, folks! By the elements, McNuggeth's got Udo's blindside marked! More like triangulated. That's the spirit, Andy. Point to Pythagatha. Looks like that knocked the wind out of Udo. Get up, Udo! She's bearing down on you! One more hit and he is finished. <laughs> Time to resolve this elementary equation. Superpointers! And in a stunning gambit, Udo doubles Pythagoras' gravity inches from his face. A point to Udo! He's hailing the way to her decision for a point blank taunt! Can Udo make a comeback here, Jacques? All right, I'm up. What's wrong, Pythagatha? Can't handle the pressure? Little Manu! and there's the mage's backhand! Thank you, Magus! May I have another? Point for Udo. That's two for all. One more hit, and it is finished. That's it, Udo! Keep that mage hand strong! Gale Dramatis! She's winding up for a dramatic spell that's sure to impress the crowd. That robe is billowing. Portrait worthy right there. What's it gonna cast? What's it gonna cast? Be sure to find out right now. Uh, uh, uh. New land Scale dramatis? And in a moment of panic, Udo deflects the fire with dramatic wind, only to be devastated by the blast bark. Oh, let go of his throat, Pythagatha. Your opponent's choked. Udo is down. Acolyte Pythagatha is the winner. Yep. Ugh. Everything hurts. Math headache. Uh, worst kind of headache. So, this is what's left of the dreaded Malachi bloodline. Well, you know what they say. Tragedy plus time equals comedy. So I guess it was inevitable that you become a laughing stock. I don't hear any laughing. Only deafening ringing. Udo! Are you okay? Peaches and gravy. Uh, Those two don't go well together. You must be in horrible shape. You did excellent, Udo. That was quite the beating. Our culprit will be sure to target you now. Hey, you. 
hate your face. Poor child's delirious. <laughs> Come on, you're getting rest. Let's get you to the infirmary. Well, I've done all I can. A few bruised ribs and a sprained ankle. It's a good thing those non-lethal wards are as good as they are. Aside from the algebraic imprints on your behind, you should be in good condition in no time. Thank you, Doctor. At least nothing's broken. Oh, my goodness, Udo! I'm afraid you're helpless here until your condition improves. Play along, Udo. Um, oh. Ow. Oh, the pain. It's too great. Oh, I know, Udo, but it's okay. The magical burns will only last so long. A good night's sleep, and you'll be healthy as hell. But until then, don't forget you're totally helpless. Is that really necessary? I'm having fun. Ah, uh, oh, ow, the pain. I'll never make it before I pass out from the sheer pain. You'll be all right, Udo. Just hang on. Don't go into the light. Their promises are lies. Lies, I say. You owe me for this. Just sit tight, Mr. Malaki. I'll go fetch the healing wand. <laughs> there, there, Udo. I know what will cheer you up. Some ice cream. I'll fetch you some post-haste. Come, my friends. Let us all get him ice cream. Kaylee and Horatio will be waiting nearby, ready to strike. Just down the hall, watching for anyone to enter. Good luck, Udo. Wait, where are you going? Checking up on Pythagatha. She's a target, too. Though, now that I mention it, to get ice cream. Got to keep up the appearance. Come, Kake, to ice cream. Megas, wait, I... <sighs> well, here I am, stuck motionless in a stretcher. While the Magus abandons me to the whims of a vast hunter. What a surprise. Sickening, isn't it? Whoa, whoa. Um, hey. How long were you hiding there? Isn't it just like a Magus to abandon you? Was it your idea to be the bait? Or was it his? Uh, why, uh, who are you? A friend. One who deeply empathizes with your plight concerning Magus Elgar. You don't even know who I am, Un unless you were in the audience, or in one of the villages we've helped. If you'd still call them villages after you left, tell me, do you really plan on spending your days assisting a madman in tearing the world apart with his unadulterated curiosity? What are you talking about? He sent you out here to fight, unprepared. Then he keeps you in here, helpless, just to see what will happen. It's... It's complicated. Is it? I think I know why. Elgar is afraid of you. Afraid of where you come from. Afraid of your ancestry. My ancestry has nothing to do with this. Then why stress test you? Why push you to the absolute limit of your well-being and sanity? If not to see you break. Well, if the Magus hasn't found your limit, perhaps we can. Hmm? What? What is that? This, Udo, is an artifact from another world, possessed of the magical power to drain the very ether coursing through your body. I won't drain all of it. 
just enough to get Elgar to come running. The stamp! Then it's you! You're the one draining Magi! Wait, wait! Don't you have to come up with a snappy line before you kill me? I could help! No. I don't do that sort of thing. Oh, Hobble's God. That doctor will see you now! Kaylee! Renai Barrett! <laughs> Please don't fight above me! You don't get a say! So, more assistance, yet no Magus. Still think he cares, Udo. Don't worry, Udo. Kaylee's got this. Right, Kaylee? <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. Just go. Kaylee, no! No matter. The Magus wanted me, so I'll wait. Quite the satchel there. Kaylee, was it? Pity. You happen to be in my way. What is that sound you're making? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Who are you, dastardly foe? You may call me Victus. Are you frightened? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I know I'm supposed to be scared right now, but like, this is giving me the chills. Just please go all out. I absolutely love the mask. Do you? Then you'll love this. <laughs> Man, I've been waiting this entire trip to have one of these fights. Conflate alarm, Petra! Oh, again? It seems you out are also skilled, if not out more so than out. Udo, out. Oh, sod it. Not bad. You have the raw power, but little control. Do you think the Magus limits you with these totems? I'm not limited. I just need one that won't keep breaking on me. And what happens if you never find one to match your talents? You burn out. Trapped like a wizard, overextending and breaking your totems like cheap trinkets. You'll always be limited by Elgar's method. Why not cut loose? Embrace what feels right. Do the magic you've always dreamt of. You know, you've just reminded me of another thing I've wanted to do since I got here. Go on. You'll do well to remember me as the one and only Dr. Calamity. And there it is. Ew, I should have thought of a better name before now. You won't need these baubles. My totems! Now hold still. There will be some minor discomfort. All right, you do. I've got a chocolate warm sickle for you and a strawberry one for me. Or was it the other way around? And uh, I've walked into something, haven't I? Oh, yes. It's a drain. <laughs> you think that's all you need to stop someone like me? Oh, there goes my balance. And another Magus falls right into my lap. And you, masked man, have fallen right into my trap. <laughs> Except I'm supposed to be standing where you are. But no matter, I've caught you. Hmm. You have more ether than I thought you would. Fair enough. Magus! Be careful. I'm pretty sure that's the doctor's spectrometer. Hmm? 
Shouldn't it be more silvery and bowl-shaped? What? No, that's the focusing dish for... Okay, same name. Signs can be kind of redundant. The doctor uses the portable one for reading light coming off of stuff. Then why does it suck out ether now? Enough questions. I'll need all of your ether, Elgar. I'm sure you're not using it properly anyway. Are you sure you can handle all of this ether in me? I've got oodles. Oh, I know. This is much more painful than I thought it would be. Megan! Well, now, looks like I have one less Magus to deal with. Hmm? Oh, you must be the vile abomination that follows Udo around. You're very cute. In a monstrous sort of way. No matter. You're here now. I might as well drain your ether and do the world a favor. Don't worry about your master, little one. He's next. You only need my hand, creature. I'll consider that your last word. No. No, 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 no. A spectrometer! The ether! You little... Get off of me! No! Don't go in there! My mouth tastes like trees. Why is that? I said get off! Okay! Magus. How? Well then, masked man, now that I'm back on my feet, relatively, let's see how you handle dueling a real Magus. Prepare thine self for a beating of a lifetime! I know when I'm done, Elgar. This was only phase one. I'll find other ways to get my ether. You'll meet again, I assure you. Really? Oh, thank elements. I can barely stand without throwing up. Magus? Are you alright? Never fear. I'm alright. How about you, Kike? Oh, good to hear you're chipper. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need a vacation in Dreamland. I'll be right back, Kelly. Barkeep? Uh, uh, barkeep? Uh, yes, another round. <laughs> right here. <laughs> the dear Magi here just had the fight of their life. And as a doctor, I prescribe fluids. Oh, the fluids. <laughs> oh, Barkeep. Bring me all the fluids. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, cider. Oh, this hits the spot. You sure I can't have some mead? They have both. I may not know what ether is made of, but I do know your body is in desperate need of blood sugar. So drink up, my boy. So this Victus was the one draining ether. But why? Who knows? Maybe he was looking to become more powerful himself. We never found out if the device could transfer the ether or just removed it. But at least this part of his plan was unraveled. Udo? Udo, are you all right? Victus gave me a lot to think about. <laughs> Cheer up, Udo. Whatever it was, I'm sure you'll have the sense to take it with a salted grain. I'm... Uh, 
I'm just glad everyone has their ether back. Yes! Oh, that gooey plasmic life force is back to its rightful home. Aren't you? Aren't you my lifeblood? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> and he's talking to his stomach like an infant. After what we went through? If he wasn't doing it, I would be. I, I'm just glad you're all right. I, But I must say, I, I feel a little rather out of my element. In the Sazostrum duels or the bar? Yes. I'm sorry we broke another one of your tools, Doctor. Well, you know what they say. Better broken than in the wrong hands. Or wrong in broken hands? Can you imagine what he's going through now that Kakei spit up on him? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to be him right now, that's for sure. Thanks, Kakei. You really helped us out. Bacon for you when we get home. Though your plan almost got you drained, Magus. We might have never gotten your ether back. Oh, relax, Udo. Everything worked out for the best. Do you want the chocolate or the uh, strawberry wandsicle? Megus, you can't just bribe me with confectionery wandsicles and expect me to... Strawberry it is! Ha! I prefer chocolate anyway. And so ends another chapter in the tale of Megus Elgar and the male team. But who is this Victus, and why does he detest Magi? And will Mayo be able to stop him and the stomps? Excuse me? What are you babbling about? Be sure to return for the next tale of the Magical Anomaly Interdimensional Locators. Who are you talking to? Just let it pause and dramatically fade. Oh, seems a bit strange to me. Just standing here. In Megas Elgar by Kennedy Phillips, the narrator is Rick Cabral, Megas Aynard, Bruce Gale, Dr. Graw Horatio, Randy Nazarian, Udo Malaki, Chris Moore, Kaylee Fawn, Sandra Espinoza, Magus Elgar, William Violetus, KK and announcer, Andrew Cornell, Acolyte Pythagatha and nurse, Kalinda Gray, and Victus was played by Brian Stavali. The theme music was created by Hamed Hokanzadeh, incidental music by Andrew Maas and APM Music. Vocal performance was directed by Andrew Cornell. For a full list of credits, please visit MagusElgar.com. Makis Elgar is a Melody Gun production mucked about for the entertainment of listeners like you. All right. So they're the male and they're going after stamps. That's basically the, that's just, wow. This show had more bad puns than we normally do. And we do a lot of bad puns. I mean, I, I, pretty much live and breathe bad puns and wow i feel like i just went through a disc world doctor who don quixotean monty python episode i second it i i feel like i just walked through an entire con- convention full of dads <laughs> i'd actually i'd listen to an audio drama about a convention full of dads DadCon, coming to you from Legend Smith Productions in 2021. DadCon. DadCon. See, now it's starting to sound more like a cowboy thing. But so anyhow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> off topic. Uh, super off topic. So what'd you think, everybody? Uh, yeah, that was a thing. Uh, all right. To not use what I've apparently turned into my catchphrase, I liked a lot of it. There were certain aspects that I thought were stronger than others. There were certain parts that, in the beginning, let's start there. 
the guy playing Udo, he sounded very flat. And it wasn't just the lack of enthusiasm that the character had. It was, he, he didn't feel like he was acting. He felt like he was just reading some words off the page. And then as the story went on, it felt like he really kind of got into his groove and the character started coming out. And I, th- I thought it turned into something really good. But at the beginning, it made it harder for me to get immersed. I felt the same way about Kaylee. Those two voices seemed a little out of place to me compared to everybody else who sounded like they were doing a character. Until she laughed. I love that laugh. It was a really good laugh. I mean, I feel that Kaylee and Udo, while flat, they were like, they were the straight men. You had to have something that would bring you out of just the insanity of the world. There's so many sounds, there's so many different things. You needed that level to be like, oh, and there's real people here. They're not just caricatures of absurdity, for lack of a better term. And I agree with you 100%. I just think that there are ways to do that without having what felt like a flat performance. And I think that they got into those and really started becoming that character, despite the fact that the character itself was very steady, very sober. There's just a way to do that while remaining engaging. And I don't think that they had that right at the start. No, I I agree. And uh, Scooter, you might know what episode was this? Is this a middle series episode again, or episode eight? So I don't know if you would already know that with the previous episodes. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I really liked the audio mixing. Uh, there were parts of it, like at the beginning, I didn't understand exactly what was going on, but it felt like there was a lot of chaos and commotion, which I think they were trying to get across. And um, just how things fade in, how they faded out, uh, the modular effect that they used when they were like casting spells or using magical words. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, you mean like the voice um, modulation they were doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think being a writer slash role player, I did enjoy the world that he seemed to create felt like he had a whole world that he already knew what was going on. And it wasn't just kind of a, Hey, we're going to do the story in this place and kind of wing it. He, he definitely had a idea of what he was going for. So that's actually one of the things that I really like about their website is that they have a whole section dedicated to lore and backstory for different parts of it. So if you will get to the website, um, address at the end of this but yeah if you go check it out you'll you'll see a lot more of the background and it helps with as a good compendium or companion to go with the listening experience and i've got to say for all that it is uh at least mid-season episode i felt i I wasn't sitting there going okay what about all of this backstory that happened It, it didn't leave me feeling confused and needing more information in order to go forward. I felt that there was adequate information there and it kept getting built throughout. So they they did a really good reveal with that. I don't know that there were just, there were parts of it that I found hysterical. I was laughing out loud at least four or five times. And some of the comedy was amazingly good. And I liked the general feel of whimsy with grounded characters who don't necessarily belong in the whimsy because it's, a good counterpoint counterpoint, but there was something that just felt like it was missing. If it were a dish, I'd say it was almost like it needed a little bit extra salt. 
I got you. Um, I I personally felt like this was one of the better produced and in some ways not necessarily acted, but like it wasn't necessarily the acting was better. It's more like it really it really well fit the comedy trope that they're trying to hit as far as the show goes. Like the the way that the lines were performed were very classic, not necessarily a sitcom, but kind of like looking at the camera and smiling. Like it fit that very tightly. And as you had brought up in our group chat during the timing that was used for the lines, which is both a product of the actors and the audio engineers, that was really spot on. It it did have that nice casual back and forth feel that you generally only get when you're in the room with someone and you know them and you've got chemistry built up. Oh, yeah. And there was a lot of really good comedic timing where there'd be a pause for like the laugh to happen, but not quite the laugh, more like to make it awkward enough that it's now funny as opposed to just awkward. For a weird comparison, I thought, uh, I don't know, because as you said, we're coming into the eighth episode and we haven't heard any of the previous ones, but I was wondering if it was something like either Avatar The Last Airbender or The Dragon Prince, where it's like there's a greater overarching narrative, but at the same time, like every story has a little bit of an episodic thing about it like kind of a journey i guess a journey under the greater journey so like an a story and a b story uh yeah kind of but just like there's they're working towards some sort of greater goal but at the same time there's a couple episodes where like hey other stuff happens so basically a role-playing campaign you have the overarching story but each episode is its own standalone yeah if you wanted to poke in and listen to yeah, they're trying to defeat the demon lord, but they have to go to a town and solve a problem or they have to go to another town and find something else out like that kind of thing. Yeah, I could see that. There was definitely aspects of that that. But I mean, like, that's the way that a lot of especially modern fantasy shows like Dragon Prince, like you're saying, um, there's a couple of other shows like a lot of anime I've seen that has a very similar flow to it. I feel like it's good. So this show only started coming out last year, so it's a lot more new than some of the other shows that we reviewed because a lot of the shows that we reviewed have are still around but they started years ago this is very doing a very good job of trending with similar things in other like television media and such and i also felt like as you were saying that it's new but it's new but the producers actors the writers did their homework they understand the comedy they understand how to throw the weird but make sense kind of world that they've produced here. And I was impressed. Yeah, it had really close to a professional feel to it as far as just all of the aspects, not just the individual quality, but the way that they were blended together. Because I know a lot of times we'll be listening to something or watching something and one or two of those aspects will be amazing And it'll be enough to make up for deficiencies in others. But in this particular case, they really hit the nail on the head on almost everything. I I really wish that I could put my finger on what it was that just didn't capture me. Because just on paper, everything about it is saying that it really should have. Well, there's one thing that's pretty minor for a comedy related thing. The the soundscapes for the environments were very simplistic. Um, the echoing in the cave was really good, but 
almost at no point did you ever hear any room noises that are associated to not directly what people are doing. Like, and there was very few footsteps that I remember or kind of feeling, because like a lot of other shows that we've talked about or reviewed have, you know, when people are moving around the room, you can hear clothing noise. And so I think it was missing an aspect of that that would have made it easier to kind of close your eyes and just kind of be there. I don't think that was it for me anyway, although I did notice that in every case except for when they had that one artifact that they were using to track things that had the kind of radio chatter background. That I noticed throughout the entire scene that it was in, there was always a faint little bit of it in the background. And it wasn't enough to be distracting. It was a really good level for it. That was the other thing. Right at the beginning, the way that they were altering levels up and down to indicate nearness and farness from the hypothetical camera, that was a little overdone. But that was a really minor thing, and it was only right then. I feel like it feels like it's a more extreme version of panning in a way. Like instead of just going to left and right, they're also doing a volume level difference. It was a little distracting. It pulled it pulled from it. It almost like pulled me out of it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. If any detracting aspect of this was some of the sound did do some weird things throughout the show. And I was like, well, what's going on now? But otherwise, I mean, the storyline I was captured by it. I mean, I was captured by a lot of it, but there were just some moments of of the sound quality, not quality, but production wise, that was probably the my bi- biggest detractor. Yeah, I feel like this had a really solid audio engineering aspect to it. Outside of the intentional levels thing at the beginning with the voices, which they didn't really do outside of that one cave scene, all of the other levels were perfectly balanced. Uh, the mixing and mastering sounded like it came through fine. And by that, I mean, people sounded like they were in the room that they're supposed to be in. I didn't hear any weird audio artifacts. Uh, but it's really just like um, a sound design thing with missing certain aspects that feel like they should be in a room to give it the... Because it's you know it's an audio-only thing. You can't really get a feeling for what's in the room without there being something. I thought, uh, as we said, the comedy was pretty good. Um, usually in comedy, like you could write a good line, but the delivery can be awful or you can write a bad line and the delivery is awful or it's great. But I was just surprised by how much stuff I genuinely laughed at. And I heard you guys laughing at too. Yeah, there was more comedy, man. There's very few shows that we've listened to that I genuinely laughed as hard as I did with this one. And maybe the Our Fair City one, I almost fell out of my seat for that one too, but this was genuinely funny and yeah beyond genuinely funny, actually. There was another one that we did recently, I think, that also had a bunch of us in stitches. I just, I cannot for the life of me think which one it was because most of them were not funny stories. Yeah, but they're not really intended to be, too. Is what you, you mean that, right? There's stories that are not really meant to be funny? Yes, that's an important distinction there. Yeah, and this was the first one I, I've been in that the comedy caught all of us not just one person giggled or smiled at points that all of us were were trying to be quiet on mic (laughs) yeah i think it was welcome to hellmar it was the last one that we genuinely laughed yeah there were some awkward things in that one but we genuinely like there was some of the humor in that that was painfully funny i i think you're right that wasn't that long ago no not really i mean there's a couple of the comedies we listened to that were funny but not 
not the same kind of I walk away from this going like, ah, oh, there's I feel like I'm going to be referencing parts of this for a while. Kind of funny. Yeah, actually, it might have been us laughing at our reactions to a different episode when we were listening to it. I'm not sure. That's part. I mean, we are funny, too. Yeah, it's yeah. true. No, and I I give kudos to this whole production team to try and tackle an ongoing comedic theme. Fantasy that, comedy too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, kudos to them that they're they're going for it and they're doing well at it. The fact that it's not just comedy but it and fantasy, but it's an original theme, which as Scooter brought up earlier, the website has additional information, additional background. They've built an entire living world, not just a setting for a story. So that that says a lot right there. Um Speaking of the website and the writer, is there any on the website? Is there any information on how long he took any of his process of making this world or researching like stuff? Because we've said that it's very well thought out. Yeah, I'm not going to like come through the website while we're sitting here and talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I just didn't just, know from what I remember before from casually looking through it, it was. It had at least some basic questions like profiles of people and stuff like that. But I didn't really get super deep other than what they answered for their survey question. They have some nice character portraits. Okay. Well, it'll definitely be one of my joys of searching through later on this week. So as of when we're recording this, there's only 11 episodes out for it so far. So this well, is actually pretty recent. Oh, yeah. Okay. I really liked the voice of the villain. When he came on, I thought that sounds like a cross between Jafar from Aladdin and maybe Amon from Legend of Korra. And I was just instantly captivated. I was like, I would do anything for this man. I thought and then the <laughs> the echo they added on his voice when he was doing magic, especially especially for his voice, like it sounded not just evil, but like super mega evil. I love when he says, oh, I'm a friend. It's like, yeah, you you have no voice of any friend I've ever met, <laughs> but I'd like to get to know you more. I like that he didn't fall into the uh, I'm going to explain my plans point where he's like, oh, I don't do that. <laughs> you sly dog. You got me monologuing. That, that was definitely one of my laugh out loud moments. The acknowledgement of that trope. But yeah, he he definitely sounded like a silver tongue devil. Ah, the silver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the devil with the silver tongue. I can't even do the voice right now. Meanwhile, I thought that uh, Magus Gent sounded a bit like Professor Farnsworth from Futurama. I kept expecting him to go, good news, everyone. I, I think it was a combination of that and kind of the Tom Baker era doctor. Yeah. Because he had that kind of jolly madness going on. Yes, that's what that's when why I referenced Doctor. It was felt like he just kind of bumbles into things and then he solves them, and he's like, "Oh, hey, it was fine, no problem." I got this. Oh yeah, definitely. I I, I got a bit of that too. Yeah, now you're talking about that Tom Baker Huera and Don Quixote. I felt like Udo was definitely Poncho. <laughs> Well, let's go around and get some individual opinions then. Let's first hear from Max. Uh, like I said, overall, everything on paper, this is a winner. There was something that I can't put my finger on that failed to capture me. I'm going to go back and listen to the first episode, though, maybe the second, see if that 
missing feeling is still there. Because if it's not, if it was just this one episode or just how I happen to feel tonight, then I, I definitely think this has all the hallmarks of a show that I'd really enjoy listening to. Maggie? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, there was, I could feel definitely a little bit of something missing for me, but like you said, it's kind of hard to articulate. Um, the music was really good. The sound effects were really good. The voices were pretty good. Uh, I grew, uh, Kaylee kind of grew on me when she did her evil laugh. And I felt like she and Udo started to come into their own about halfway through. And that was pretty good. Yeah, I definitely want to check this one out more. And Olaf. Well, luckily, I actually have some traveling to do within the next week. So I have a lot of free time. So I will probably listen to all of these because I know we are here to critique and pull things at it that we have to do. But I think as a general listen, if I was doing the dishes or something and had this on, I'd be happy as a little clam. Oh, absolutely. Well, I feel like we're not necessarily, I don't want to think that we're doing critiques. We're talking about observations. Observation, of course. And I mean, that's what we do here. But if I was a general listener, yeah, I don't think any of the things I've said tonight would bug me. Yeah, no, I, I, this is a show that I was actually trying to find the best way to listen to it on my phone because I, I think I want to listen to more of it. I mean, that's true for a lot of, I'd say probably half of our shows I go back as long as there's less than like 20 episodes for it. I'll actually check it out and catch up to where we were at or, you know, maybe catch a season or something. But yeah. Yeah. That's my thoughts. But overall. Yeah. This was, up. Th this was one of the better ones as it was definitely in top 50%. I'm not saying that any of them have been bad, I'm just saying on a relative scale measuring, you know, amongst them. Uh, well, you know what? Maybe we should try giving, do we want to try doing a numbers thing for this one? Like how many, how many emojis in the spirit of Tommy um, that we want to give it? Because <laughs> I feel like for me, like out of five emojis, this would be like probably like 4.5 personally. I would definitely give it four flaming poop emojis. Okay. Uh, four and a half casual shrugs. Okay. I would probably say, uh, five beer mugs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this definitely pulls in my wheelhouse of the weird fantasy out of the box stuff that is me. Five eggplants and droplets in combo. Awesome. <laughs> so I think we'll start doing that maybe from now on as well. We'll pull that into the whole process. Still trying to figure this out, fans, and we'll, if you have any feedback on, do you care about us having numbers or whatever else, just drop us a line. You know how to reach us. And uh, if we do end up doing this as a regular thing, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Aw, yeah. This episode was brought to you by Slay BC, the home of Wrens, Bargain Bin Brides, and Doggy Hauser MD. Slay BC. Only the best in questionable entertainment. That was Ether, I Hardly Knew Her, from the show, Magus Elgar. To find out more, go to www.maguselgar.com. That's M-A-G-U-S-E-L-G-A-R.com. This was Audio Drama Showcase. For more episodes and information, go to www.legendsmithproductions.com. Thanks for listening. High five. We made it.
Shenanigans.